0: Welcome to episode 41 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang and the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein.
1: And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome to 41.
0: 41, baby. Oh, 41. This is really our first entirely independent (gasps) episode because as you know, 40 went out on the Sunny Sixteen Presents this is channel true. and also on our own channel, I Dream of Cameras. Right. This is a solo baby fly oh solo.
1: It's a nervous time, but a happy time. That's what I say. How does it feel? Do you feel good? It feels. Uh, it feels. You know, like you're stepping out in the big world. I'm excited.
0: All right. Good. Good. Uh, does the number forty-one have any particular significance to you? I mean, C forty-one.
1: Right. Right. It's so funny what? that you bring this up because. <laughs> I was just thinking at the top of my head, what happened in 1981? And I realized that your favorite company came out with something, a new system. Now, your favorite (laughs) company... I really...
0: Wait, I think I know. Can I guess? I'm going to guess. Sure, sure. Polaroid, Spectra?
1: Polaroid came out with the... Okay. Okay, so listen... No, this is the 660 and the 640. Oh, okay. Kay. Okay. 1981.
0: I don't know what that is. Okay. Kay. All right.
1: And just so you can hear what they said about it. Uh, this system is a product that's evolutionary rather than revolutionary. Oh no. I no. thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> I thought you'd I thought that would be something oh, no. you would enjoy. Also, oh. just a side note, the uh Canon new F1. Oh
0: yeah. Came out the new F1, that's you know, some people like the new F1. I don't know exactly what it has over the old F1. Probably some F1 fan will chime in and tell us exactly. And then
1: the Canon AE1 program, which we know because of Chloe Kissner, that's yes. the camera that she has, and and uh, that came out in 1981. How is Chloe feeling about that camera? She's doing great. I'm uh, three days ago, she sent me some new pictures on it, she's totally in it. She is in it, and she's shooting all the time, and can't wait to shoot some more.
0: I love it. Fantastic. Very exciting. Well, we're going to come back to our friends at Polaroid (laughs) 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 a little later (laughs) in the show. I have a few random thoughts. Just thoughts. On my favorite company. Just random. Um, Polaroid is my abusive boyfriend. I have some (laughs) thoughts on the latest from my abusive boyfriend. Right. But first, we must tackle the newly engorged... (laughs) mailbag fantastic okay i want to thank all the people who bore with us as we emptied it out one sentence apiece but we are going to go back to our slightly abridged slightly sped up version of the mailbag this week right remember you can always email us idreamofcameras at gmail.com and many of you did i have to say this though it's all men again <laughs> come on mm-hmm. y'all
1: Yes, Where please.
0: are the women's?
1: They're out there. Come on. Yeah.
0: I know they're out there. We have a large... I see this in the analytics. We have a large female listenership. Why don't you write to us? We'd love to hear from you. Please write in. Please write in. Okay. We start with Andrew Sowerby with a story about a rescued Roloflex. Oh, my gosh. This is a good story. We got a couple of good stories in oh, yeah. the Bad this week. He says... A rescued camera story for you with photos attached. He said earlier this year, his father-in-law gave him a Rolleiflex TLR that belonged to his father. In other words, his wife's grandfather. It had sat for many years, but the shutter fired. So I decided to take it. Serial number dates it to 1937 or 38. By the way, Gabe, speaking of serial numbers, just as a sidebar, remember how we put the word out to see if anyone was as fascinated with serial numbers as I am? Yes. They are not. Not one person. <laughs> Not one person chimed in. But anyway, he said this camera features a Carl Zeiss Jena 75 millimeter 3.5 lens. A test roll revealed problems with the film advance, but he had it serviced in Quebec City and it works perfectly. He loves it. But here's the great part. He said, in addition to the camera, my father-in-law gave me a mysterious role of exposed but undeveloped. 120 black-and-white film, which he suspected was taken by his father. Some internet sleuthing suggested the mystery film was likely unbranded AGFA. He developed it in HC-110 Dilution B for five minutes. Guys, I, I don't know about this, Deb. What is this, HC-110 Dilution B. I-, I don't know from that stuff, but... The image from the backing paper bled through, ruined most of the role, but four images survived, including one of a man in a kilt wow. and two of a woman in a top hat and purse, his wife's grandparents ready for a fancy dress party in the early 1960s. It was perhaps the last roll of film taken with the Roloflex until it was rescued and restored to use in 2022, 60 years later. Keep up the good work, Andrew. And he included these photographs, Fantastic. which are remarkable. So great. Oh, my God. This photo of the woman in the top hat is so perfect. I mean, production designers should look at all the exquisite so details good. in It's this. so good. Andrew, that is a great story. Guys... Have you ever found a role of unexposed film in a camera and direct developed it? We want to hear about that. Yeah, definitely. That is just so glorious. I found a role of unexposed film in a camera once. I think it was in the Nikonos that you gave me and developed it. There was nothing on it, so I don't have a great story. <laughs> but, Andrew, thank you for sharing that. Next up, Richard Koons. K-U-N-S. Richard Kunz? What do you think? I Koons. think Koons. Koons. Yeah. Richard Koons says... Regarding burial with a camera. Remember, we talked about this. What are we, the pharaohs? He said, you are looking at it wrong. (laughs) Bury with a beloved, broken, unrepairable camera that may be resurrected in the afterlife or a much-hated camera, thus removing it from the herd.
1: (laughs) Now, I'm with that. And sadly, because a lot of our repair people are no longer with us, but they're somewhere. So yes. uh, you get. I would bury uh, all your broken cameras, and they'll yes. all be fixed when you get where you're going.
0: Exactly. Then they will not be around to infuriate me. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, love that, Richard. Thanks so much. Bruce Horn wrote in with another crisp email. One sentence. I don't know whether people thought we only wanted them to use <laughs> one sentence, but a couple of people did. Bruce Horn, regarding disc cameras, because of Gabe, you're loving paying to the disc camera yes. in our last episode he said disc cameras horrible no one can print them best i can do is put their incredibly tiny circular negatives in a four by five film holder with added masking and printer scan them while painstakingly rotating each individual image oh cheers my bruce horn yeah uh, bruce my god and how rewarding is that really With a negative that's the size of your pinky nail, my God!
1: Don't we want to think about what that meeting was, Jeff? Seriously, what was the meeting about the disc, and what was the? How did it relate to photography? (laughs)
0: That's what I'd like to know. And the photographers. Yeah, this must have been one of those things where an engineer came in and started with the form factor and said. What our focus groups are telling us right, okay. is that customers want a camera that's the size of like, I mean, disc cameras were about the size of a cassette case. right? That was about the size. So they want a camera they can truly slip in their pockets. Engineers, how do we do it? Interesting, okay. I That's probably how they arrived at yeah. it, which is not a bad idea. I right. mean, my first digital camera was a compact Casio camera that was that exact size, right. it was delightful. If you think about it, yeah. iPhone, Roughly that size. They were on the right track, but wrong technology. Yep. Next email. Malcolm Myers said, Gabe, the first sentence of this email is going to make me so happy. Are you ready? Yes. Item one. I enjoyed the accents.
1: Wow. Okay. Then you guys should get together. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's the plan. I think oh, man. you two should have an okay. accent off. Yeah.
0: Item two. Make sure your Patterson reel is bone dry before you load the film. I use a hairdryer on it as any moisture makes the film stick. You know, I was just listening to Classic Camera Revival, Mm -hmm. you know, our Canadian rivals. Yes. (laughs) And they were talking about film developing. And remember, we have always talked about the stainless steel reels versus the plastic reels. One thing that they pointed out on that podcast is, yes, plastic reels have to be completely dry or you cannot load them steel reels can be loaded when wet. Did you know that?
1: I had no idea. I thought it was Apparently, the same issue as they would, you know.
0: No. Apparently, this is why the pros favor the steel reels because when you're doing going on a developing binge and you're ro- doing roll after roll after roll, you don't have time to wait for the thing to dry and then reset and go again. So, right. Anyway. So how useful finally, is
1: that when you can't roll the metal reels? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Wet or dry, I still can't do it. But anyway. Yes, you make a good point. And then item three. (laughs) Yes.
0: I have always found framing the 75 millimeter on my Voigtlander Bessa R awkward. So I can only guess that a 90 millimeter is even less satisfying. This is an allusion to the fact that I was saying I want to unload my 90 millimeter Summicron. By the way, no one reached out to me. No, not one It's still available, gang. So we were asking, do people like shooting longer lenses on a rangefinder? Malcolm says no. So Anyway. It's beautiful. There you have. You don't really shoot longer lenses on your no. range, right? You never really do that. Okay. No. On we go. Mark Beadle says, so now am I permitted? Well, we'll see if accents make their way back into that. <laughs> oh, maybe no. Maybe we got to wait for more people to chime in. Anyway, um, Mark Beadle says, hey, guys, after listening to you with the Sunny 16 lot, I heard Jeff. By the way, he spelled my name Jeff like Jeffrey Chaucer, but that's all oh. right. <laughs> it's very elegant. <laughs> G-E-O-F-F. He said, I heard Jeff say that you can't really listen to him at (laughs) 1.5 because I talk so fast. Naturally, I thought nothing of it at that point until I tuned into the new feed on Spotify as opposed to the regular channels to celebrate. Not only did I get ready for this, Gabe. Did you read this email? Uh, Yes. You better brace yourself. Not only did I see your faces for the first time and realize you're older than I expected. Oh, my
1: goodness. What I mean is this? seriously, what's going on here?
0: What is this? He said, as a parenthetical, after you spoke of working on that little known sitcom, I don't know why I assume you'd be closer to my age, which is 32. Take that as a compliment. You guys are way more youthful sounding anyway. Gabe, is it a compliment to be told you look much older than I thought, but you sound youthful?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> that's a good one. Um No, I read the same thing, and I was like, what? Oh, my goodness. You know, it's so weird. I mean, we're six years older than him. What's the big deal?
0: Yeah, come on. on, What's the big difference? Yeah, Yeah, we're both millennials. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. Anyway, he says, anyway, I digress. It was really hard to listen to you both talking in slow motion, so after giving it a good try three minutes in, I had to crank you up. Mark, when I say one and a half X, I mean sped up, not sped down. Nobody wants to listen to us sped down. No. All right. Does anyone listen to this podcast at 1.5x, meaning sped up? (laughs) I listen to a lot of other podcasts at that speed, including ones... Not music podcasts, by the way, but I'm just curious about that. Anyway, P.S., I know I spelt your name wrong, but you did my accent wrong in the last one, Jeff. So this is a vote against the accent, so now we're at zero. P.P.S., after the deliberation of holiday cameras, I took my Pentax MX with the 40mm 2.8, as I mentioned... I loved in my last email, but I channeled my inner Gabe and also what? brought the ME with the 51.2, the Tamron 92.5, Vivitar nineteen-three point eight, my Fuji X-T3 with PK yes, adapters, and yes. a KMZ-A Iskra because what if you bring one and it breaks down? They're old. They do break occasionally, and I'm no iPhone photographer heathen. Keep up the good works. I'm so Regards, happy about that. Regards, Mark Beadle. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thanks for writing, Mark. That was a great one. Our friend Rolf Tessim. Yes. Checked in with the results of his test of bulk ectochrome. Tested in his Leica R8 with the 100-millimeter macro Elmarit and studio strobe. Processed in e 63 bath unicolor chemistry. Edge marking says Eastman 5294. He got good results. He got good results. We, he sent us the test page. Looks nice with his little color checker. Very interesting. By the way, I got back a roll of ectochrome. 100 that i shot with my nikon fm 3a that was the picture i texted you last Mm -hmm. night oh my god Mm -hmm. i gotta shoot more slower slide film velvia and i gotta try that more yeah the colors were so vivid my son in like a yellow shirt against a blue wall it was just electrifying so gorgeous anyway rolf good luck with that timothy floyd says gentlemen He's talking about, the subject line is, permit to use a tripod. Gentlemen, I first ran into this in the Library of Congress in 2004 as I started to make a photograph of that beautiful ceiling. A Library of Congress police officer literally ran over and scolded me for using a tripod. I was free to use the camera just not on a tripod. You might be surprised to learn that federal law is ambiguous on the subject and varies from park to park, bottom line, ask ahead of your trip. And he links to an article on largeformatphotography.info about this whole issue of photo permits, and he includes a photo of the ceiling, which is gorgeous. Do they do that because they don't want you to damage the floors? This
1: is so frustrating. It's all over. I don't understand it. I yeah, mean, it's it, odd. it just doesn't make any sense.
0: I understand that there was probably a time in the past where when you saw a photographer with a tripod, that meant there were a pro, right? Yeah, a that's A professional photographer, and right. maybe you didn't. But come on now. just very odd. I'd i like think, to hear from other people who have encountered You know this. what, yeah. Jeff?
1: Seriously, I think for the show, uh, you and I should make some phone calls and record them. Okay. And just really <laughs> see what's going on, because I think that'll be really interesting, especially the Los Angeles film permit.
0: Yeah, all right, good point. Yes, we're going to try that. Maybe we interview someone from the Parks Department about this and see if we can trap them. Yes, exactly. Daniel Fujikake wrote in with a series of tips for you, Gabe, and your Canon R5. I'm I'm not going to read all of them. We're going to talk about the R5 in a minute when we recap your adventures in Fashion Week, but he had some extremely specific tips, which were incredibly useful. So we just want to thank Daniel for that. We're not sharing all that stuff. It was for Gabe's eyes only, but the <laughs> Canon R5 has been life-changing for my partner. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Exactly. But, okay, on we go. I'm not doing an accent. Nico Girlando. Uh, you snuck on it. Did that sound like it had a little accent? Yeah, try it on? again. I mean, I could do it like a ugly American. Nico Girlando. There you go. Said. Was that better? <laughs> no, Okay. but anyway. <laughs> Hi, gang. I'd like to write some beautiful prose, poetic and deeply thoughtful, but this is more important than that. This is about finding that a camera you bought on a whim on the internet came with every document from its moment of sale and every detail you could wish for to tell you who bought it and when. I love when this happens. I he know. says, I have no idea who Dr. Cosberg is nor where Little Rock, Arkansas is, but here I am in southeast London with his camera. Now, I want to stop here and say he includes a picture of of this Kodak Retina 3. The case has Dymo label tape on the back with the name of the doctor, Dr. Oscar Cosberg, and his address in Little Rock, the warranty card, the purchase receipt, sales. I mean, all the sales receipts, it's amazing. I love when the history of a camera is so vividly brought to life when you buy it and the camera looks gorgeous. Anyway. Continuing with Nico's email, he says, as we all know, a schneider Kreuznach lens is not to be sneezed at. It did not work when it arrived, but with a little love and care, it's back on track. I don't want to put it on eBay. I don't want to sell it. I want someone, someone that it means something to, to have it back and use it. I have enough cameras. In some ways, I look at this box, this collection of paperwork, and this beautiful machine and think how honored and privileged I am to have it in my hands. Yet and yet... What do you think? And then he leaves his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing I'm just going to say to the listenership if you know Oscar Kosberg, that's K O Z B E R G, a doctor who lived in Little Rock, Arkansas, 72201 on Markham Street, if this name means anything to you, reach out to us on iDreamOfCameras at gmail.com and we will hook you up with Nico. I love this. We and there's another the history. story coming in a subsequent email that kind of bears on this but nico thanks for that fantastic story he says by the way it was missold to him as a retina 3c but it actually looks like it's a retina three i don't know the difference anyway alan paris says "Shanatova," so and nice. we say that again may you be inscribed in the jewish book of comedy for another year exactly okay, those of you okay yes right. and finally this is a great one this is a great one marius grasby writes uh, that pronunciation will seem very relevant in a minute marius grasby writes mm-hmm. dear jeff and gabe although i am a huge fan of marcel proust my story will not be limited to one sentence only i do however promise you a story of high sentimental value and would i would believe very complimentary to your smash hit podcast see how everybody knows it now mm-hmm my fascination for cameras started when I was very young, playing with his father's black OM-1. He photographed my entire childhood with that camera. Dials and numbers seem magical. He started photographing on his own when he was 16, back in 2000. Ooh, young guy, okay. And for s- some reason, always analog. His father's camera looked pristine, but it didn't work. I was told by Olympus they could not repair it. He bought another copy of it, then some Russian junk, before he saved his money and bought a Leica m Three. Oh, that's great he loved it he took it everywhere for him he says it was him his m6 or his alpa 11 si so obviously comparing to our cherished cameras that's he so says great. through the years i have owned countless leicas but i always ended up selling them before the prices went skyrocketing stupid the one camera he always kept dear was the m3 a couple of years ago, I, for some reason, decided I wasn't using enough. I should sell it. The gods of photography had left me unmotivated and blue. What's the point of it all? I regretted immediately. I had sold my baby in cheap. Get ready. This has a beautiful, thir- a beautiful third act turn. I'm waiting. Listening to your podcast, my regret and shame grew further. That camera was a part of me. My history. What was I thinking? A few weeks ago, I started browsing the Norwegian version of Craigslist and found a nice M3. The pictures were kind of blurry. Examining the serial number, I discovered, you know where this is going, It was the same camera. (gasps) It was my camera, my precious. Of course, I contacted the seller, even got a great deal on it. The gods had showed me mercy to complete my happiness. Get this. I discovered my father's OM-1 wasn't broken at all. It had just jammed on a piece of film. It now works perfectly. I use it to document my kids. It's like magic. So great. Best regards, Marius Grasby. If you nail this one, Jeff, you truly are a master of the accents. Oh boy.
1: Let's see. We'll know soon.
0: We'll find out soon enough. Marius, let me know if I did it right. I looked up how do you pronounce the (laughs) A E sound in Norwegian so I wouldn't get jammed on this. Oh, nice. Also, he includes a photograph of himself with his cherished M3, which looks immaculate. What a great story. Marius, thank you for writing. What a prodigious. mailbag everyone thank you for thank you thank you so good now we close the mailbag and move on with the events of the weeks (laughs) oh boy once again guys email us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com we love hearing from you but bring on the women (laughs) okay first and most important order of business gabe Sachs went to new york fashion week Can you just do a quick recap of the equipment you bought and then roll into it, baby. Let it fly. I want to hear all about it.
1: Yeah, so everyone heard last episode that I went and purchased the Canon R5. Yeah. And the adapter so I could use all my EF lenses. So I headed to New York with um, two bags filled with cameras and lenses. (laughs) So I brought with me in one bag the R5. Yeah. The 24 to 70. Okay. The, what did I bring? A 35 millimeter Sigma. And then the plan was to go get the 85 1.2. That was the plan. So I just absolutely love that idea. In addition, I had the M6 and the uh, Roloflex 3.5F. And then I brought the (laughs) White Lux, And then I brought a a few other things. and. (laughs) yashica t4 all of which did not get used but except for the wide locks but anyway yeah so i get to new york i'm so excited i'm staying with my dear friends and i immediately head down to H photo immediately <laughs> i cannot it was a straight line down there yeah. and got in and i was in my happy place so of course you know i'm just so excited and i I uh, go up to the counter, and Chris wasn't there, who I usually get stuff from, and my information wizard. But Leo was there, and I spoke to him. And, you know, we talked about the the 1.2, and they had a used one in stock. Ah, got it. Okay. Can I just ask a quick sidebar question Mm -hmm. on Mm B&H?
0: Were they friendly and helpful?
1: The best. I mean, the best. I'm going to get into that. I have have a a bunch of reports because... you'll all be, be shocked by this I was there for seven days four of them were at B&H <laughs> okay, I'm just I just
0: want to clarify whether your experience with the service personnel at B&H was pleasant and whether there were young photographers male and female in line yes. that they played yes and yes, they paid they were attention great. to those they people they were great were kind was, they
1: were completely amazing okay so I, on, man. so I talked to Leo and you know we're talking about the pros and cons it's a heavy lens and on and on so he goes look buy it if you don't like it bring it back like, look for something else. So uh, so I immediately uh, took that lens, took my R5, and headed down to uh, Spring Studios. And I just wanted to test right. the lens. So outside of Spring Studios are, you know, models are milling about. They're, heading to, they're rushing to their shows in the alley at St. John's Lane. That's where all the other photographers are, you know, waiting and shooting and waiting and shooting. And then in the front of the building is where everyone's entering the shows that were there, that were at uh spring studios and so you get such a mix of characters it was fantastic and uh was testing out the lens and i really really liked it but it but occasionally was fishing for focus okay so now you know this is all with heavy consultation from from chris chu and rafael hernandez that you know i my technology you have to remember my can of technology is 15 years old Okay, so it's from the 5D. It. So I'm like, ah, oh, fish is a little, what's the big deal? And and then I realized it was fishing a little too much. There were some shots I was missing. So I talked to the guys and they said, no, 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 no. The 85 1.4. And I'm like, 85 1.4, why would I want that if I could get the a one too? slower they,
0: one, yeah.
1: And they said, no, no, no. The technology is a little faster. This is the one you want. And wow. so I went, where did I go? I went back to B&H the next day. <laughs> And was, I was this
0: in, on subsequent days or the same day? This was the
1: next day. I did, <laughs> yes. go, I did go a couple times the same day once, <laughs> which I'll explain later. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I go down to B&H. They have an 85 1.4 used in EF. Lucky I'm you, I'm so man. excited. I buy that one. I start testing out. It's fantastic. I mean, I can't believe the focus on that R5. I just It locks in those eyes, and you're there. The, Gabe has showed
0: me a number of these shots it is astounding and you were saying to me that if you were hunting for focus no matter how agile you were you would not be able to get these shots that's what you were telling me
1: there's no question because last year as you remember i brought the um the leica you know m10 and i got some great shots but those were very still like i there was no Mm. way i could get anyone moving uh there was no way i was able to lock into focus like i could with the m10 and uh, again, I got some great shots, but they were very still and people sitting right. and people you know it was it was a very rare set of circumstances. This time, you know, it was totally different and I needed that fast focus.
0: Now, okay, the 8514, what aperture were you shooting at to get those glorious shallow depth of field? Shots? I was
1: mostly shooting between 1.4 and 4.
0: <sighs> Unbelievable. I mean, because we know the tolerances at that end of the lens are a matter of inches in many cases, if not fractions of an inch. You're going to post some of these, I hope. Yes, I am going to post some of them. Absolutely glorious. I mean, every shot. I mean, part of it is that you're shooting models, but every shot looks like a Vogue layout. I was very lucky. It was so beautiful, exciting, and the color rendition of that sensor is a plus.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of megapixels.
0: Could you really, how did you feel when you saw those images up on the computer? Oh, I
1: I was really happy when I got back. I went, oh my gosh, this is very different. Yeah. And I also had the opportunity because I realized what the speed of Fashion Week is. And I realized that the speed of even doing makeup or on and on, it's like in between if they glance at me, that's the shot. It's not like, hey, can you glance again so I can sit here and focus my Leica? It was just a very different experience. So what I did is, and also, you know, these are top models, you know, right. this was at the Jonathan Simkai show and, you know, Sarah Grace Wallerstedt was there and Louise Roberts and I, I, Cara Taylor. These are all like very, very big models who have all done Vogue covers and well, multiple Vogue covers. And I had them for, I could have had whatever I was at, I was, they were on their way to rehearsal. Then they were in, they were all dressed. And I said, oh, can I get some shots? And they were like, of course. And so within, I don't know, 8.2 seconds, I had everything I needed. That's how good they are. It was like this is the thing. what I would spend yeah. hours on with someone who who didn't do that for a living. This was just boom, 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 boom. And I was like, great. That was it.
0: This is the thing that that I have kind of tried to get my head around because I've never photographed models, you know, and the only analogue that I have to this is directing actors. Right. So I guess I had in mind, because I've seen these, you know, documentaries about watching David Bailey shoot or Helmut Newton shoot, that there is a give and take. There's direction and reaction. Right. But what you, but what you describe to me is models that so instinctively know what to do and how to move through a sequence yep. of poses yep. or expressions. And they hear the click of the shutter and they know you have it and they move on to the next thing. No direction. So it's like you're saying, eight <laughs> seconds, yeah. you're going to come away with a slew of yep. extraordinary images from the collaboration. These yeah. are why these models get paid so much. Yeah. It
1: was really fun to see. And then, you know, because I you know, they're so generous at Jonathan Simkai's company and they were. You know, they said, "Do you want to be on the bleachers and or the risers?" And I said, "No, no, no. I don't. Right. That's not the shot. That's a Getty Images shot. They're going to get the one, you know, head to toe, and then that's the mid like shot."
0: Everyone going to shoot the Leaning Tower of Pisa. They're right, all right, Going right. to come that's, away with the same photograph. Those
1: guys. That's what those guys do for a living. I, yeah. you know, so. But I, what I wanted to do, and, and at rehearsal, I practiced it. So at rehearsal, I was trying them coming down the runway, and it's uh, you know like a zigzag sort of thing at a giant art gallery. So. They were coming towards me, and I just practiced with the iPhone because I said, "Wow, I could probably get that shot on the 85. I mean, this will be interesting. Let's see if yeah. I can do that." So, what happened is, at the actual show, I scooted over to the middle where they were coming, sort of straight at me. I was a little at an angle, and it was so funny. I was next to the Saks Fifth Avenue buyer, and I said, "I said, can I, can I sit here?" She goes, "Oh my god, completely!" It was so much fun. And then I, I got all that, and it, was, it nailed their eyes every time. They were moving completely. Wow. I had the face detection and the eye detection on, and it was spectacular. Like, it was really – I got shots I had never gotten before, which opened up an entire new world to me of, um, of shooting people. Like, I could have the feel, move.
0: <laughs> yeah, how did you feel shooting a prime lens like the 85 versus shooting with a zoom?
1: You know, you have to remember, I'm mostly used to shooting prime. Primes, yeah. Yeah, in anything, especially in... But in uh,
0: that sort of situation where you have to, like, you're shooting the runway, and so you're some distance away, and you have to make decisions. Am I going full body? Am I going for head and shoulders? Right. Did you, when you were using the 85, obviously you're stuck to one particular image size. Did you feel... Okay with that? Did you feel frustrated I, with it? Was because it...
1: there was no pressure and it was so much fun. I didn't have yeah. any. I didn't even think about it. I mean, yes, I I used the twenty four to seventy a lot in New York, and um, but it was spectacular to use it there. And I did use the Q a little bit, which I borrowed from Fred Corey and used that for a yeah. bit. Um, but even the Q. Uh, had great images it just wasn't fast enough there's no way that i could have gotten i mean especially in makeup because you have to remember everyone's at a different level of progression in in their makeup so someone's doing something someone's doing their wardrobe someone's you know there's 35 to 37 i can't remember how many probably 35 models and they're all in a different stage so you're trying to get them mostly you know doing makeup or waiting around or looking at their phones or you know that just all the fun stuff of of what they're doing. And I was fascinated with the um, makeup people because there's a certain specific type of makeup and a certain specific type of hair product. And uh, it was very important. It was a new kind of makeup and everyone sort of had to do the same look. And it was just fascinating. And my favorite thing, which happens every time, is I go there and I'm mistaken for someone who's a specific photographer. So there's because oh. o- there's only there's only a couple people let backstage It was photographers. Yeah. And I get backstage and this these team of women come up to me and they say, OK, thank goodness you're here. We were worried. OK, so what we need <laughs> is we need the product shot like this. We need the product. When they, da, 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 da. And I said, I am happy to shoot that, but I'm not that guy. And They laugh. Wow. I go. I, I seriously. Great. They go. Well, our guy's very late. I go. I'll shoot whatever you want. But just it was very
0: fun. Let me ask you this, by the way. I would imagine that when you are shooting with a Leica like M10 or mm-hmm. a Rolleiflex or a wide Lux, you present differently than all the other photographers who were there. One hundred percent. One hundred. And
1: also, you're really not supposed to shoot flash backstage. Oh, okay. And there was a couple that were shooting that were shooting flash. They must have been big magazine people right. and on and Okay, on. but here's yeah. what I'm getting
0: at: when you're shooting with an R5, that's the same tool as the pros. Yep. So I'll bet you blend in more. I bet it's easier to mistake you for a yes. pro. No, absolutely I mean, I you're a pro, but you know what I'm no, saying. No, but totally, totally,
1: like, you're absolutely right.
0: That's interesting.
1: It was really all right. Interesting. So,
0: I want to hear about the. Uh, I know that the bulk of the experience was with the R5, but right. what was it like? Did you get to? You talked about shooting with the Q. What about right. the other equipment that you brought? So
1: the only other stuff that I shot with was the, um was the wide I loaded up with 3200 T Max, I believe and just did an experiment so i just did a very you know i'm just going to shoot it i really have to focus on getting these other pictures but i'm just going to see what happens because maybe next year i'll be able to just go okay now i'm going to shoot have a section of just this type of picture and then have a section of this type because i'd really love to shoot film the issue was jonathan's show was later in fashion week so i wasn't able to get my stuff processed so I was very nervous about processing it. I, I should have just sent it to the darkroom. I wasn't thinking. And I just left that camera, that film in the wide thinking that oh, would have okay. the most protection. Yeah. And, and brought it back. And I love the pictures. So now I know, oh, this will be fun to do next year. Or, yeah, you know, how
0: did you feel? You sent me a couple of the images yeah. from the Wide Lux, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought they were amazing yeah. in exactly the way that I had hoped when you first started talking about bringing it. But right? How did you feel about the result you got? I loved
1: it. I thought it was really fun. It it always makes me think of how, because I'm still really, even though I've had it a while, really new to shooting it. So the Wide Lux was one of these things that you just, you know, you don't know what you're going to get and, and you just shoot and see what happens and... I was really I was really happy with it indoors because, you know, you and Chris Chu gave me some, you know, F stop stuff just to leave it on and it was great. I think it did it worked very well. So I was very happy yeah, with, with that.
0: Yeah, with that thirty two hundred film, it is just so yeah. forgiving right. indoors. You're not gonna come away with, you know, unprintable images. Right. But I loved the sweep of the room that you get just yeah. all the models at the tables. Yeah. And, and of course that distortion that we identify with the wide logs is right. so interesting in those confined spaces. Yeah. So I thought it was great. I know you only came away with like what, six or 10 images right. or something, but pretty cool shots. I'm glad you brought that along.
1: I think the other thing I would change next year is I would definitely shoot more film. Ah, Okay. I would definitely do and say, okay, I'm going to take, yeah, everything's so fast. I would, I'm gonna take this ten minutes, and I'm just gonna shoot film, and put the other camera down. I feel like I will get great shots like that. Do the M6, or do the Rolleiflex. Just to actually focus on the interesting parts of that. I think I would get some great stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that was the, you know, it was amazing. And again, everyone, John Simkai, were, just, you know, they're crazy supportive and. And uh, they're so busy and they're so talented. I mean, besides the makeup and the hair and the other photographers, but you know, the designs, the clothes are amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, they're stunning, stunning.
1: and they're they they do not make a lot of them for the runway. It's like this this is a specific thing. But the shoes and the and the bags and the, and the jewelry and just all the stuff. And to see that team when something to Jonathan doesn't seem right. Like he's a really oh, yeah. collaborative person. It's it's appears. like the pit crew at Indy. Yeah, and like everyone sees, goes to work. Yeah, I'll 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 post one of those. But there was some little thing on this show-stopping dress, which was the last one of the show, the and, beaded one, the beaded one. And there was yeah. just something, and they were working on it as a team, and they got it done, and it was spectacular. And you could genuinely see at the end how much the models um, appreciate, you know, Jonathan's talent and and appreciate him and being in the show. They all love doing the show. So so that was really uh, fun to see. But I really saw every aspect of, you know, backstage and the process. And the exciting part was, so right when they're all done, they go to this area where there's a mini, you know, studio set up. And so that's where they get sort of the catalog stuff and the website stuff and just amazing photography. Outside of that is a guy with three vintage Polaroid cameras oh. with tons of film. I mean, okay. What, what tons. kind of Polaroids? Okay. So I pol- sent them to you. So I have to ask you. Okay. Okay. So it was the one with the, I call it the snoot. The one with that long nose with the, Oh, tin- the big shot. With the yeah, tiny, the big shot. Um, yeah. Uh, flash cubes on the end. Do I know, you know exactly what that okay, is. The Polaroid
0: so, big shot that Andy Warhol shot a lot of portraits with that. He, That's a pack film camera. Yeah. He had two of so them. You got to be hardcore to shoot with that. Yeah. It, by he the way, that camera is not focusable. The only way to focus it is to step forward or step back. It's a you're fixed kidding. focus camera. Yeah, you walk back and forth until the image on the Fresnel lens comes into focus. They Otherwise, were spe- you're not in focus.
1: <laughs> they were spectacular. I think they're on Jonathan Simkai's site. If not, I will. I think I took a picture of the wow. them laying on a table. Pack
0: film shooter. Yeah. I love Pac
1: it. Pack film shooter. I was so excited and got to talk to him a bit. And then there was an after party in New York. Um, and I went down to, and I took my cue with me just in case, you know, I didn't really, and there was a photographer there who was doing stuff for Vogue and, and, um, some other magazines. And he had the M10 Hmm. with an off-camera flash that he was holding in his hand, as well as another flash on camera. And he was doing the zone. He was, first of all, he was the fastest focuser I've ever seen in my life. He was moving wow. in and out and on and on and we talked the whole time we're gonna have him as a guest on the show he's a film shooter in fashion he was leaving for Par he was leaving for milan and then paris i believe but he was able to grab shots that were just fantastic i mean wow. just big bright flash which also gave me an idea for another shoot i had when i came home which was raven simone yeah, you did um, some and Miranda portrait Mayday shoots, right? and it yeah. was so it was so fun because I used the M10 and the bright flash just sort of looked like crazy paparazzi shots.
0: Were you holding it off no, camera like No, 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 like it was Bruce on Gilden? No, right no, on the camera. on camera
1: and they were so great like we had so much fun with those shots we did some very traditional stuff and then we did a bunch of crazy stuff which is the, of course their yeah. favorites they posted those the yeah. one
0: you sent me was so kinetic and fun and like they're great just you had need really wonderful great energy yeah. it was really yeah. fun that is great how cool so that was a lot that you know
1: everything went you know i was at b at h because i went there <laughs> wait i bought the lens i was on the way to jonathan Simkai. Which was nerve wracking because I was trying this for the first time. If you can hear a horn outside, it's very exciting. <laughs> this just happens <laughs> all the time. Yep. Yeah, anyway, so I go there and I I leave Chris. I actually went and saw Chris at the counter, and Chris goes, "Oh my gosh, do you still have that Hasselblad with the motor? Like we were talking about that camera." He goes, "Wow." But we were talking how funny it was and how cheap it was, and now they're eleven hundred dollars if you can find one. Yeah, of course. Of so. Course. So I'm leaving there. My back is killing me. Okay. Because
0: you're carrying seven cameras, man.
1: My back is killing me. And I I do that glance over to the used camera bag section. And then I go, no, I I don't need to hear this from our listeners. I don't need to hear this from my partner in crime. I need to just get the heck out of this place immediately. So I leave. And, you know, it's right 34th it's right by the beautiful post office it's you know you know walking yeah. in new york and and my back is getting slumpier and slumpier and i turn right around and go right back to H <laughs> with my with my giant H bags <laughs> oh man i go right back in there shameless i say i can't handle this i need a bag <laughs> so i go to the bag section they're giving me a tour of all the bags. They're amazing. I mean, they spend so much time with you at B&H. And they yeah. want you to, you know, even if you're not going to buy something right away, they will spend all this time. And I go and look and look and I find a bag and the guy's an R5 shooter who's helping me. Mm. And he goes, look, this is going to do it. It's going to fit everything. Your back's going to be better. You have a great bag, but the bag's for much smaller equipment. And so I buy the bag. Right. But I don't want to be walking around with this other bag. In my hand at fashion. League. Yes, I have an Did em- you buy
0: a bag to put the bag in? Yeah, well, that's, that's the, the, the funny
1: thing. So I have this empty bag, <laughs> and I go. I know what I'm going to do. I was either going to give it to this guy, which he didn't need. B and H has a place right there. You can bring your equipment and sell it right away. So I go. Oh, I wonder if they'll want this bag. So I I go in, which I had bought at the used camera shop a year um, ago at B&H perfect so perfect. i go i go in there and talk to the guys he looks up yeah 30 bucks i go fantastic i don't have to Amazing. he goes he goes he goes do you want to do you want to check or i go just put it on my credit cuz i'm going to probably be back tomorrow so they put it <laughs> so of course they put it in the computer and i use that you know the next day but anyway let me tell you a little story which i told jeff when it was happening I see this sort of trolley or this dolly of stuff next to me of all these old dust filled boxes of camera equipment and projection lenses and old cameras. And they're handing like Hasselblad's to them and on and on. And I said, Oh my goodness, what's going on here? And she's, Oh, my grandfather was a photographer and we just have to get rid of all the stuff. Wow. <laughs> of course, I'm sitting there. Wow. And I give them the podcast card i give them any way to get a hold of us i said if there's any extra please let us know we know a lot of uh, people goodness. that could use film cameras and would love to turn you on to them or a school or anything like that so it was uh it was really fascinating like it was really just a it was a great trip overall and and uh got to see some you know great friends and
0: yeah it was a great trip okay one more question before yes. we depart this. yes so you've done two fashion week experiences in the last year yes right yes could you do more or is this as much as you can stand
1: no i could definitely do more i think i would uh i sort of like the schedule of doing a couple things and not yeah. i i don't know how those guys do five shows i mean That's it seems easy but guys they start makeup at noon and and then the shows at 5 it really starts at 5 30 and then it'll be 30 minutes or whatever and then they're off to the next thing and getting okay. ready and they have to get their pictures out and and one thing i did see that was there's, there's like so many things i'm going to forget which we'll get to in other episodes but you know one thing is a lot of these guys because they're working it's all time okay so everything has to get on the wire quickly so when i went to the forbes women's summit because that's where i was meeting barbie Ferreira, um and uh and D- dylan malvaney was there it was a, it's a whole group of people and it was an amazing event but there was a part of it which was sort of like you know a step and repeat so that's in front of the yes you know one of those logo signs and that's where they get all their pictures for the press and so i you know, was there and practicing with a flash. I had the wrong flash. You know, everyone had the pro photo, you know, or the V one and on and on. And I had this it would be flash. It didn't work at all. It was fine. It just wasn't great. Anyway, so this first person comes up and it's uh, Blake Lively. And Phenomenal. so and so in this beautiful dress and amazing, and she's there, and o- it was only three photographers, me and two other guys from Getty. And they said, look, we just, we're going to have to have just him photograph it. I go, oh, oh, total. Me, I'm like, I'm I'm so excited just to be here and watch them. Anyway, the issue was no one knew Blake Lively was pregnant, apparently, with her fourth child. Wow! So the shot was a side shot to get it. And she had to prove that Getty was going to shoot it and then get it out. And then they showed it to her. And she couldn't have been nicer. Like, she was so great. So... I'm timing this. Okay. So no one knows about this news. It breaks about. He lo, he literally stops what he's doing, the Getty photography. He looks like he's just gotten the biggest Christmas gift of his life. Wow. Goes off, loads it up, puts it on the wire within an hour probably or 45 minutes. That picture is out and everyone's picked it up. And he sure. said, he said, this has just paid my rent. Like he was just so excited. And he goes, I'm the the happiest guy here. And so it was really fun, you know, learning that stuff and, and, and seeing them and, and seeing the issues and seeing the, I'm just not that, you know, I have to learn more about flash. But my last thing is I had the honor of shooting Cal Penn the day before, which is why I was late to go to fashion week. And that was the first time I really tried out the camera with the 24 to 70. And they just needed a it's for people magazine they just needed a white background it, he's the nicest human so we had you know a great time and that's where i really really test out the camera um and it was you know you know just getting used to that whole flash system because i shot with a strobe and uh again a lot of coaching for from chris and rafael so i thank them dearly and it was great that was it it'll be
0: out soon fantastic guys we are not just two schmucks with a podcast. You have just <laughs> spoken to professional photographer Gabe Sack, covering New York Fashion Week, doing shoots for People Magazine. I mean, we should get paid for this.
1: I'm a schmuck with a camera. <laughs> That's what it is.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy for you and so proud of you, and I love this. Thank so, guys, you. It was so much come fun. at us! Come at us with your questions for Gabe. Would love to about have his them. shooting experience. Unreal. Right. My God, this podcast is just rolling by. I'm gonna just. Drop a few tidbits of my recent adventures right? before we wrap this baby up. I've been back and forth to Atlanta a couple of times. Yes, you have. Oh, I need a prop for this. Wait, there's oh, a product.
1: I Oh, props? Oh, my gosh. We're like a real show now.
0: I did go back to KEH. Yes. And I got that 35-millimeter PC Nikkor, the tilt-shift Nikkor at KEH. By the way, I- I'm now like Norm walking into Cheers, okay? <laughs> like when I pulled up in front of the KEH— uh, showroom in Atlanta. I walked in, and the guy said, oh, Sam's in the back getting your lens. And I was like, what? I said, yeah, we saw you pull up. It's oh like, my I'm gosh. in a rental car. How do, you, how do
1: you even know
0: it's... But I guess I am now known there, having gone a few times. So I love that. Thank you again to Sam and all the guys that I met at KEH. They were fantastic. So I have not yet tried out that Nikkor. Obviously, the idea with that is to shoot... 35-millimeter lens, a little wider lens than the standard 45 on my X-Pan. So that's going to be part of the next adventure. The other thing that happened in Atlanta is my sister was moving from a house into an apartment. We were going through the crawl space. I found old negatives that I shot when I was 10 years old. That's incredible. A sheaf of old negatives that I had developed in my basement darkroom. Pictures of my kids, pictures, pictures of my kids. That would be really interesting. That would be amazing. (laughs) Pictures of my siblings, (laughs) pictures of the house that we grew up in, uh, pictures of our parents. I mean, incredible. It just was yet another reminder that film is a time capsule and that you should be shooting film, guys. This was 50 years ago. That these images were made. Where will your JPEGs be in 50 years? So I just can't stress this enough. The other fun thing that I found was a couple of pamphlets that I had ordered from Kodak back in those days. Two on making your own pinhole camera. One of which was the one that inspired me to get this big scar on my hand because I was (laughs) cutting open a plastic cup with a pocket knife on a bus. Right. That was fun, but also one called Recovering Silver from Photographic Materials, which was all about how to take your exhausted developer and get the silver out of it and sell it. Right. And I remember at the age of 10, I was so obsessed with the idea that I could get raw silver out of these old developers or whatever. So and then cool. Yeah. Use that to finance the hobby. That was really fun. So anyway, a very nice trip into the archives. I had not, I mean, I have some of those old negatives from those days, but this was a whole sheaf of like 10 more roles that I thought were completely lost. So that was cool. So fun. I also have an impulse buy, courtesy what? of our friend, Raphael. When we were uh, languishing at LA Film Camera the other day, we were looking at the point and shoots. As you know, I only have one point and shoot, Canon Shoreshot uh, multi Right. Well, he was telling me about a point and shoot that he really loves called the Canon Sure Shot Owl. And so he was telling me about this, saying it was one of his favorite point and shoots. Nobody knows about it. So we are breaking the story. Love that. The thing about this, he says, is that it has the greatest viewfinder of any point and shoot camera. So I start looking for these. I find one on eBay for $15. Here it is, gang Canon Sure Shot Owl Date. Date! This is the rare Japanese variant, which has date printing, which is such a wonderful antique thing from the 90s. Oh that yeah. don't do anymore. By the way, this camera, it takes standard AA batteries, but there is a third battery inside the back that powers the date function. And I've seen a lot of people talking about this camera, saying, oh, the date function on my camera doesn't work. Why does not it work? Well, there's a third battery back there you gotta replace. This camera, look at the size of that finder. It's gigantic. It's got a big, bright finder. I took this thing out, went for a walk around the Lake Hollywood Reservoir, did some self-timer shots with Gabe. Yes. So it's so fun. Love so it. So fun. And, the can- of course, the images have this wonderful vintage look to them by being shot on film with on-camera flash. Love it. Autofocus point shoot. What a kick. $15. Not like your $1,200 Yashica T4 boys. <laughs> look at that. What fun. So that was a fun thing. Golly, look at this. We're about to round out the hour with so much to cover. So much to cover. I guess I have to skip ahead. Yes. And cover two things in rapid succession about companies we love and their choices of what they release into the marketplace. Yes. Our friends at Leica. Do you know yes. what they're doing, Gabe? Please tell me and share. Word is on the Leica Rumors website. They are bringing back the M6. Yes. Yes. The original OG m6 not the ttl right they are bringing back the m6 what do
1: you think what do you think i have so many questions okay first of all especially when i first read this what do you think a it's going to do to the prices of like m6s on the market right what price are they going to ask i have to think it begins with a five i'm sorry i just think wow i I may be insane but i think that that's where it's going to go or more i don't know I think it's very, very exciting. I just love that they just said, we're going to do it. I think that's really important. I think that's really exciting for the film community. I think it's terrific. And uh, I couldn't be happier, really.
0: Yeah. I really wonder what the niche is. Because when I first read about this, I had a different take, which I thought, is this a $3,500 camera? And is this their attempt to capture the high end of the hobbyist market in other words we don't have a camera right now a film camera that a hobbyist can afford yeah so instead they are buying used m6s used m3s used m4s right or used m5s for that matter so should we try and capture that with a relatively inexpensive for a leica but you are right it might not be that at all right it might just be you know Another camera in the line in the same way the MP is still in the line. I don't know. It's gonna be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, also the to choice of the original M6 with the dial that goes the wrong way, doesn't maybe it does have the TTL flash. That's my and favorite. they've just re-engineered the body so that it doesn't have to be the thicker body. Right. I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting, tremendously exciting. Tremendously exciting. A new film camera on the market from a you know an established brand. So thrilling. Yep. Meanwhile. Those scamps at Polaroid! What? How dare you, scamps! This is so exciting, Gabe. Oh, what happened? Polaroid, with their technological know-how, and with all the goodwill that they have built over the years, bringing Polaroid cameras back to the marketplace. Oh yeah, they teased an announcement. They had a secret code on their website, and on the day they announced Bluetooth speakers. Wah, wah, wah. Unbelievable. Da, 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 da. And oh. something called Polaroid Music. Honestly, oh, Gabe, I that? had such a headache. I had such a headache, I didn't even look into it. But I guess they're going to launch a streaming service with DJ. Yep. I don't even care. I'm so enraged. Yeah. Look, they're very attractive Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> No, I saw one commenter say, I can't wait to buy these at Ross for $15. Right, exactly. These are exactly the kind of thing that's going to turn up at Marshall's in a year for $15. It's ridiculous. Why, Polaroid? Why? Yeah. I don't understand it. And, you know, a couple of months ago, I watched a documentary called An Impossible Project, which follows on the subsequent adventures of Polaroid after Florian Capps left the company. Because, look, they reacquired the name Polaroid. They were Polaroid. First, they were Impossible. Then they were Polaroid Originals. Now they're just Polaroid, okay? So it's an amazing American story, okay? What, I guess you'd say it's an amazing global story, since it was this consortium of Germans and Dutch and everybody getting together to revivify this brand. Isn't it wonderful? You know what they did? What? They put the 26-year-old son of one of the multimillionaire financiers of the company in charge of running the joint, and this is what we get, Bluetooth speakers. They think they're a lifestyle brand. Polaroid is not a lifestyle brand. They're not Apple. And keep in mind, Apple knows they're a technology company. The music, you know, they know it's all built on the backs of selling electronics to us. Maybe Apple will come out with a car, I don't know. They're a mature company with billions and enormous brand loyalty and equity in the marketplace. Polaroid, they barely have a toehold in film, guys. Right. Oh, I can't believe it. Polaroid music. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. In this documentary, you meet this guy, this kid who took over the place at 26. I don't want to knock him. There are plenty of 26-year-old geniuses out there. I don't believe this guy is a genius. Meanwhile, they follow the subsequent adventures of Doc Capps, and they show him at this, I believe in Germany, this uh, symposium about technology and culture that he is hosting, and there is a string quartet and so forth. And in his initial speech, one of the things that Doc Capps says, in all seriousness is, we need to ask ourselves, what is the smell of Facebook? Oh boy. That is not a serious question. That is not a serious person. Polaroid is not a serious company. It is amazing that these maniacs and enthusiasts brought Polaroid film back to life. I credit them for that. Yeah. But these people have been released into the bloodstream of world commerce, and they're crazy. This concludes my rant. That's
1: good. Thoughts? I liked it. It was good. <laughs> oh no, you don't need any thoughts after that. I think that's. Least... I think you've tackled it all. Oh. I mean, why? just think if all that money was put into bringing the film back.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Make the film better. That's it. $8 a roll instead of 150 How
0: about can I have 10 shots on a roll instead of eight? Right. I mean, that could happen. Oh, it's so upsetting. It's so, so upsetting. So frustrating. And I love Polaroid. And I am Charlie Brown. Running up to that football every time Lucy says you want to come kick it. I am there for Polaroid. And when they release green duochrome, I am the first to praise them when they do something good. This is a disaster. Right. Okay. (laughs) We've reached the end of our hour. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Unbelievable. Listen, we want to thank you all again for coming with us on this adventure, for following us from Sunny 16 Presents to I Dream of Cameras couple of things I want to mention in that context. First yes. of all, we are quite feeble on Twitter. I Dream of Cameras is on Twitter, but we only have, we have under 100 followers. Right. Do you guys care? Do you care? Okay? We spend a lot of time nourishing and cultivating our Instagram footprint. Do you care about Twitter? We want to know. I want to encourage new listeners to visit the merch department of our website. We have better merch, I would say, than any podcast on the planet. Yes. Go to the merch page at cameras.com and see all the wonderful designs, okay? Also, here's something, gang. Now that we have our own feed, leave us a review. Yes. Do us a solid, we man. love that. Leave us one of those five-star reviews. Who's sexier, Jeff or Gabe? You know, one oh, of those brother. kind of reviews. Just something like that. You know, just, to, you know, how old are they really? Right. You know, exactly. those kind of, yeah. So, uh, so please leave us a review because it helps people find us, okay? Any other thoughts? I have Any so thing? many yes. thank yous. I can't even it, begin. Man. I can't start. First thanking. of all,
1: Taze Herring, Taze Herring, Taze Herring, Taze Herring, sharing Herring. Yeah. She has honestly made all of my professional photography adventures possible. I mean, I just can't even emphasize that enough. She's so generous with time and, and, you know, showing people my work and getting to photograph people like Cal Penn and, you know, it's uh, Raven Simone and Miranda Modet. It, it's just it's just it's just crazy. And I couldn't have done it without her. She's an amazing human, insanely talented publicist. I'm very excited about that. She turned me on to everyone at Jonathan Simkai. So Stephanie there Lucia at Jonathan Simkai. Stephanie Lucia, I can't thank you enough. Uh, again, gracious and, and just let me do my thing, which was so nice. And of course Jonathan Simkai, who I wouldn't be there without him and his amazing designs and his show. Um, my coaches, I have to thank my coaches. Yes, uh, Chris Chu and Rafael Hernandez, who got me through everything and my panic attacks in New York, which were many, about Flash and settings, and all of a sudden I couldn't see my view fight. And blah blah blah. They were absolutely amazing, and are incredible. Keith Greenstein. Yeah. Our look, our merch, we couldn't have done it without him. We're going to ask him for more stuff, I'm sure. Um, and Fred Corey for our incredible music and stings and all our silliness that we love to have. And, and that's what I have to say. That's my, Fantastic, that's, man. That's,
0: that's my final thank yous all right once again follow us on the instagram gabe is gabe Sachs. ims jeff greenstein because jeff greenstein is an embezzler the show is i dream of cameras visit idreamofcameras.com for all your i dream of cameras needs and please email us idreamofcameras at gmail.com gabe walk us out of here
1: go do the deep dive on youtube that's all i'm saying go go for old cameras new cameras everything photographers documentaries everything because I did it last night and I was going to do it for 20 minutes and four hours later I was staring (laughs) at the television. So uh, enjoy some YouTube and see you next time.